Today, I thought I would start. I've probably got more notes than I've got time, but we'll see how this goes here. I'll give you what I got, and I'm going to make it plain. As plain as I can. But I thought being Christmas time, uh, I would start off with uh, a few dad jokes, maybe granddad jokes. So uh, let me share just a few of these with you. What do you call a kid who doesn't believe in Santa? A rebel without a clause. What nationality is Santa Claus? North Polish. How much did Santa pay for his sleigh? Nothing. It was on the house. Why does Santa have three gardens? You got it. So he can, oh, 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 oh. Maybe you heard that one before. That's when he started hoeing. This is gardens. Well, guys, this message is titled, Honor Your Father. And uh, really the first scripture I want to launch from is Isaiah 9, 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So here we are recognizing Jesus' birth, and he's called Everlasting Father. Why is that? Because Jesus, in Jesus, there's the complete package. He is in the Father, and the Father's in him. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In John 14, Philip asked Jesus, show us the Father. And Jesus' response, I'm paraphrasing, is, is like, you've been with me this long, and you don't see the Father. What I do is what I see my Father doing. And that's what Jesus does. So, honoring your Father. Now, we can think of, you know, different Father figures in, in our lives. And uh, when Pastor Tim, you know, asked me to, uh, to share... And I said, well, what date do you have open? And he says, December 19th. Well, I didn't think of it initially, but then I had a message already prepared. I thought, next time I speak at Reload, I'm going to do this message. And then a few days later, I thought, December 19th. Well, December 19th, you just can't make this stuff up, is the day my earthly father died 27 years ago. And I thought, very fitting to honor him but just to talk about, you know, our spiritual father, our heavenly father. And there's different father figures. What father figures do you guys see in your life? There's different fathers in, in our lives. There's our bio dad. And, you know, I had the privilege of my dad being there the whole time. I lived at home. Um, but for some of us, that's not the case, right? There may be some that have never met our dad. So there could be our biological father, um, there's our heavenly father, but what other types of fathers? Can you guys just kind of share as you think about a father? Mentor dad. A mentor dad, that's a good one. Spiritual, a sp father. spiritual father, yes, definitely. How about a father-in-law? You guys got any father-in-laws at all? And uh, I had a very good father-in-law that uh, we had a very close relationship with. Um, any other types of fathers? Grandfather? Adopted father. 
hey, that hits close to home for me because my three boys, my children are adopted. My wife and I adopted them. And in their situation, they, uh, neither one of them um, have met, ever met their um, earthly biological father. And so um, what can be thankful for? You know, there's some things as easy, it's natural to be unthankful for things in our situation. And so we have to be intentional. What can be thankful for? Maybe you've never met your biological father. There could be guys in this room. Is there anybody in this room who's never met their biological father? We have men here. Here we go. Yeah, there's three hands I see go up and maybe more. But we can be thankful for them giving us life, right? They were part of that. So we can at least be thankful for that. But there's a lot of things in our lives that we can be thankful for and we can thank our Heavenly Father for, for sure. Um, another scripture I think of is Exodus 20:12. Honor your father and mother and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving to you. Exodus 20:12. It's the fifth commandment in the Ten Commandments that there's a blessing attached so we're specifically talking about fathers today, but it also includes mothers, that godly influence in our lives. The word honor comes from the Hebrew word kabod. It's not kebab, but it's kabod. And uh, that word means heavy or weighty. To honor someone is to give weight to or to grant a person a position of respect and even authority in our lives. In the context of Exodus 20:12, it means to highly value, care for, show respect, and obey. And so it's an intentional thing that we do to bring honor and respect. And sometimes we think, well, you know, my dad was meaner than a junkyard dog. Um, how can I give them honor? But you can give them honor in the position that God has placed them in. Not honoring that, that meanness or whatever experience, negative experience that you might have had. God can redeem that because he's a redeemer. And uh, he can turn that situation around. Um, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, it supports that. So some people say, well, that's, that's in the Ten Commandments. That's an Old Testament thing. Well, Jesus came to actually improve on what the shadow was. The Old Testament is a shadow of things to come. So the New Covenant, it talks about honoring your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. So there's a promise attached to that commandment, that it may be well with you and you may live long on this earth. What are some of the ways that we can honor our father? You guys, can you think of any ways that you can honor your father? Bruce. By listening to their wisdom. They've lived longer than us, right? So they've got some experiences that we haven't had. Every man likes respect. Every man likes respect. Yes, that's a key. Rick. Be o being obedient, yes. Joe. Honoring their memory, helping them live on. Honoring their memory, happy, you know, 
They live on. Their life lives on through us, right? Ask for their advice. Ask for their advice. Yes, those are all very good things. When we talk about honor, I think of the Lord's Prayer. Um, You know, the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. But that word hallowed means respect. It's another word for that. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. But I want to take this time to really share the story about my earthly father. Um, I'm the oldest of 10 kids. And so my dad, for his career, was always in some type of sales. So probably most of his career, he worked for a food broker. He actually was the the, uh, uh, director, executive director of, of that food broker. And what they did is they represented different lines of things that you find in the grocery store. And uh, would call on grocers, would call on, you know, big distributors like Meyer, um, Spartan, you know, um, companies like that. And uh, my dad was a great provider for us. Um, that's one of the things with the dad that he provides and he protects. And he was a great protector. But we didn't have a real close relationship. And, you know, part of that, I understand why, you know, having 10 kids, you're pretty busy, right? You're pretty busy working. You're pretty busy earning the money to provide food for that big of a family. And, uh, you know, but my dad was always there. I always, you know, had that confidence. Uh, He was always steady, very committed to my mother, uh, to our family. And uh, that was a very good thing. But um, being busy, didn't have a lot of time together. So um, I really feel that the wall, a wall was built in our relationship over the years because I got busy myself too. Being the oldest of 10, I kind of viewed myself as an icebreaker. Uh, you know, uh, my parents, you know, protected us, but, you know, going through as you're raising kids, your oldest, you know, sometimes is pushing the limits. And I definitely did that uh, myself. And uh, yeah, you can't imagine that, can you? Uh, But you know, the thing is, I wasn't born a pastor. I wasn't born a believer. Um, You know, there's the natural side of of us that, uh, at least myself, I can speak for myself, that, uh, you know, was just curious. And, uh, you know, I think uh, even before I knew the Lord, um, really made a solid um, commitment to the Lord you know, uh, fall of 1980, which is like 43 years ago, um, to get serious. And I was like 28 years old. So I had a lot of life that I lived, you know, before that commitment. And uh, even before I knew the Lord personally, I had that personal relationship. Um, I've been viewed as a leader, not always in the right way. And so Uh, One of the guys back here is Nick Mayo. I remember him asking me one time, what were you doing before you were walking with the Lord? I said, well, I was running with the devil. And so, you know, I'm not going to give the devil any more credit than that. Uh, 
but the Lord turned my life around. And I know he's turned your life around too. It's one of the reasons why you're here today. And uh, I believe in you guys. Um, I'm just so encouraged by you of being here every week and being committed to that. Because the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so sharpens the countenance of friends. And we've become friends together. And I know some of you better than I know others. But I definitely say I believe in each one of you because, not just because of you, but because of God. The Bible says that he that's begun a good work in you will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. And as you stay committed, you keep walking. And we're human, right? I don't always do the right thing. I'm definitely not perfect by any means. But the thing is, is I'm better than I used to be um, in God. But the thing is, is you can do anything. You can do anything in God that he calls you to. Because I've seen it happen in my life. And even though I'm making a transition in life, I've shared with you earlier this year, as we transitioned the men's ministry to uh, Pastor Tim Gillio's leadership, um, formally back on June 1st this year, that I'm still in the game, it's just in a different way. Um, you know, my role has been since June 1st, specifically with the men's ministry and Pastor Tim, is to move from a leadership being on point here from passing the baton to him for him to be on point and then me to come alongside of him to encourage him to support him in any way I can because it's the kingdom way of doing things, right? And then the other areas of responsibility that I've had over the years here at church, it's the same way. Somebody else has come on point, I've handed the baton and then I'm coming to encourage them. So to update you, uh, you know, formally my staff position um, as a paid staff member is coming to an end next month, the end of next month. But I'm still going to continue as a licensed pastor here at Res Life. Res Life is my home. Um, I just thank Pastor Dwayne and the leadership team for the opportunities that I've had here to make a difference for the kingdom of God. And I'm going to continue to do that. Um, I'm going to... Uh, be involved with the men's ministry here to encourage and support Pastor Tim, but the rest of you guys here too. But I'm gonna have more time to be able to, you know, meet with you personally if you'd like to do that, uh, to help encourage you, to support you, to challenge you um, in whatever way I can. And the other area that God has moved me into over the years is one of the ministries we've launched years ago it's been 10 years now with the Grand Rapids Dream Center. Greg Mulchon is the exec executive director. He's sitting back there. Wave your hand, Greg. There's Greg back there. And they're doing just an awesome job. And I've been part of that, been privileged to be part of that from the beginning and want to continue to have more time to help there. And I would almost describe it as boots on the ground. Uh, I've wanted to have more time with that. And also one of the other ministries that we birthed out of Res Life here years ago with Pastor Wayne's vision and support is uh, Streetlight Ministry. And Jeff is the leader in transition. Jeff is back there. And um, that's been going for 35 years. And then one of the other ministries that we launched 25 years ago is primarily to like a grade school area age range kids is Powerhouse. And uh, the Dream Center is leading the charge on that. 
And that's been functioning for 25 years. So these are long-standing ministries within the community. And a lot of you guys may not realize that. Um, through Res Life, you know, God has just positioned this ministry to have an impact around the world. Um, we saw the video in Pakistan and what God's doing here. But God's doing a lot of things locally, too, around the world where lives are being changed uh, for Jesus Christ. And that's going to continue. In fact, I really believe it's going to expand. And so we have opportunities to be involved with a lot of different things. You know, I often say it's great to go to church, but it's sometimes even greater to be the church, isn't it? And we can be the church within the four walls of the church. But really, I see it as, you know, we're still in the football season. But actually in the church here, it's like this is the huddle, right? This is the huddle where we're encouraged, we're inspired, we're challenged uh, to be who God's called us to be. And uh, I remember being in a church and watch it, walking out one of the exits and it says, you are now entering the mission field. And that's really the truth, right? where we can make an impact, you know, in our families, and our communities. In fact, you know, the vision of uh, men's ministry here, even way back when we called it uh, Mighty Men of Destiny, originally back in the 90s, Normal, remember this, we called this ministry that. And then the name changed to Iron Sharpens Iron, which is a great name before it, it moved to Reload. But it's about uh, equipping, encouraging, and training men to be leaders in their homes, their churches, their communities, and world. And that's the Great Commission, right? And uh, that's biblical, and it's good, and it makes an impact. So getting back to the story with my dad that uh, over the years, um, oh, back when you know, I committed my life to the Lord in, in the fall of 1980, I just had all this zeal, like I wanted to get my family saved, and so I'm sharing the gospel. And uh, just had a lot of zeal, but not as much wisdom to match the zeal. And uh, so, you know, I just felt all this pressure. It's like, I've got to get them saved. And uh, so, you know, I, any opportunity, you know, I'm just like, hey, you've got to have what I've got, you know. And uh, they weren't as open to it as I was hoping that they'd be open to receiving Christ. And some more than others... And uh, really with my dad, he came to a place to really say, okay, Tom, um, you know, I don't want to talk religion because that's how he viewed it. And I don't want to talk about politics. We often hear that, right? And uh, so, yeah, over the years. So then, you know, my dad uh, died this date, 1996. So the same date in 1995, he was diagnosed with lung and liver cancer. So that date, he started chemo. And so through all that year, um, he was, that chemo would take him right to death's door. And uh, there was three different times, I remember, that he was hospitalized. And he could have died. You know, he was very close to death each time. So the last time that year of... 96 was October and I remember visiting him at St. Mary's Hospital and again I felt the need to share the gospel with him to that point you know I was not aware 
whether he had received the Lord. Um, I had hoped he did, but uh, God gave me a different strategy. And so I was up there with one of my brothers that's a believer. We were visiting him, and I just had this impression to ask my dad for forgiveness. And I just said, Dad, if I've ever done anything in my life to hurt you, whether it's intentional or unintentional, would you forgive me? And he says, yes, I would. So I really felt that opened his heart. But the other key that opened his heart was thankfulness. Dad, I want to thank you for being my dad. You're the right dad that God picked for me in my life. And I want to thank you for everything that you've done in me. And, um, you know, it brought tears to his eyes, of course. But it really opened up his heart to receive the gospel. And so then I just, in a casual conversation, I just started asking him, you know, about, you know, my grandma, his mom. You know, Dad, when did you start going to church? He says, well, Grandma took us to this little church down the street from where we lived originally. And it was a Lutheran church. And uh, he says, you know, Grandpa, you know, your grandpa, my dad, would go hunting every weekend. So he didn't go to church with us. But, uh, you know, then they had moved and then gone, started at a Catholic church on the northeast end of Grand Rapids here. And uh, so we just got talking. So it brought out a lot of memories in that conversation with him. And I says, well, so when did you receive Jesus? He says, I don't think I ever did. And so that was like the first time in our relationship that he was open to that. And so I looked for a Bible. I didn't bring my Bible with me. And uh, I'm thankful for the Gideons. I checked the drawer and there was a Gideon Bible. And I just walked through scriptures with him that basically you guys are probably aware of the Romans road, just different scriptures. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And I just shared those things with him. And I says that very simply, you know, number one, to acknowledge that we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory, taking responsibility. Uh, and then to ask for forgiveness or to repent of that sin. Um, to believe that Jesus paid the price for our sin, that he was born of a virgin, he lived a sinless life, he went to the cross willingly for you and me and paid the price for our sins. And then to receive him as our Lord and Savior, to confess with your mouth and believe with your heart Jesus is our Lord and that um, is just to receive Jesus in our lives. So um, he did that, and it was absolutely awesome. Now, maybe we haven't all been able to have that opportunity. It didn't look like I would have that opportunity. But we still have that hope, even if we don't know whether our father has taken that step. Um, we can hope that they did. You know, we don't know everything, do we? And so I remember the first you know, memorial service I was asked to do. Um, I didn't know the guy. And, uh, you know, I was there for the family. And I shared the gospel there. And they go, well, how can you share the gospel when, you know, it's a challenge when you don't think the person was saved. But I didn't know whether the person was saved. But I still shared the hope, even if that person never made the commitment.
because it's about the living, right? I mean, that person already has made their choice. I don't know. I still hope that they did at some point make a commitment to Jesus, but I don't know, and I, I'm not the judge of that. And another thing I want to touch on, too, is sharing the gospel with my dad, something that really um, I had learned over the years that I'm not the Holy Spirit, right? You're not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does best what the Holy Spirit does. And what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit convicts, right? I'm not a very good convictor. I might be a good condemner, but I'm not a good convictor. Um, but it's the Holy Spirit's job. But it's our job to communicate the truth, right? And we have the opportunity to do that by the grace of God. So... You know, with my dad and, and since then and, you know, his service was in a Catholic church all those years ago. In fact, it's the oldest Catholic church building in Grand Rapids. Um, so you're in this very traditional cathedral looking building. And I remember meeting with the priest when we were, you know, making the funeral plans for the service, the memorial service. And he says, uh, I says, well, I'd like to share. And so um, he says, okay, do you want to go before me? And I says, no, I want to go after you. And so uh, I had no idea what message he was going to bring, but he brought a very new age message that, you know, basically said, my dad is gone and all we have is a memory in our hearts of him. And it's just so opposed to the Bible that I was glad I made the choice and decision to go after him because I presented the gospel and told the story of being in the hospital room two months before he died. And uh, I was able to invite everyone there. And some people weren't very happy. Sometimes that religious demon just gets stirred up, but that's okay. You got to do that sometimes, right? And uh, just the different people that came up to me at the luncheon afterwards and said, Wow, I've never heard a message like that. And it's just very simple. And the strategy God gave me, you know, usually a Catholic church has got a big Catholic Bible, you know, up there. And I didn't use my Bible, but I took the scriptures that are in that Catholic Bible in Romans and shared right from there. And I felt, you know, that, that really had a big impact on people. That it's right there. It's right in this Bible. It might be buried for you, but it's there. The truth is there. So with that, you know, I just think of the, the different ways that, uh, you know, God works in our lives through relationships, through that father figure relationship in our lives. And uh, I just think of the different ways that God brings healing to those relationships that are, that are broken. And I know in this room that there can be hurts there can be brokenness. But you know what? That Jesus is the healer of the brokenhearted. And uh, he wants to heal our hearts. You know, there's areas of my heart that may still be, um, that need healing. And because I'm human. And I want Jesus to heal those hearts. Or my heart. I want Jesus to heal your heart. And uh, last scripture I want to share with you is found in, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 7. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, 
All of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, because he cares for you. God cares for you. Jesus is the healer of the broken heart. And he wants to do a work that only he can do. So there's, a he, there's keys to building a healthy relationship with our Father. And I think of six specific things. There's having the grace. There's thankfulness. We mentioned that earlier. We mentioned forgiveness. We mentioned honor. We mentioned respect. But it all starts with humility. I'd like to invite the worship team up. We're going to take the remainder of the time here worshiping God. But I've invited some of my friends here to be up front to pray with you. If you're willing to admit some brokenness that you have in your heart concerning your relationship with your earthly father, um, with a father figure, uh, maybe it's a grandfather, maybe it's in your relationship with your sons, with your daughters. See, it works both ways. To where there needs to be healing in that relationship, where there needs to be healing in your heart, where there needs to be a vision for what God can do in you, but what he can do through you.